Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, 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 welcome in to another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick, and uh, we got a pretty important game week this week. Yeah, I haven't been this excited, and I guess I'm already spoiling the lead for for what's coming up next is one of our first segments, but I haven't been this excited for a JMU football game in the month of September, um, I think ever. Maybe maybe not. And NC State, I went to the game. I had a good time at that game. Um, so maybe I was excited for that. But just to sit at home and watch it. Also, if anyone knows where to watch these games in the area of Charlotte, please let me know. There you go. Might be the uh, maybe the most meaningful, like interesting conference game since like the Richmond game day game, maybe because like even the Villanova game day game wasn't that like the actual game wasn't that thrilling. So uh, it's up there in terms of like recent important yeah. games and like important can maybe be in quotes because Jamie is not eligible for anything. But you get the I mean, idea. It's 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 important. I mean, this season. It's weird because basketball, we also knew they were playing for nothing. And this football season. Well, early on, people, you know, after those first two wins, I kind of thought <laughs> this could be an at-large team. All right. Not, I don't, I don't need the sarcasm. <laughs> but, like, they were playing for nothing. And by, like, mid-season, but by conference play, we had totally checked out. And I think the team might have checked out. <laughs> yeah, the team checked out too. But with football, it just feels like not the same at all. You know, like this game really doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yet fans are hyping it up. We're hyping it up. We're excited. Um, very, just a very different dynamic when it comes to football and basketball. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this one. I guess we should plug all our all our people before we get going too far. But if you're in Harrisonburg. Go to Three Knots. Go to the tap room there. They're sponsoring us this fall. They got Oktoberfest beers, which is super exciting. Right, right, Every right. Monday is Minuteman Monday. You got $3 pints. Uh, every Wednesday, they got a game night there with a $5 flagship pint. You can see all that information on the bottom of the screen. Super excited to be working with them during this football season. They're a, a good group and uh, hoping to get down there at some point soon and check them out but i've checked them out before worth noting that but it's it's a good spot to go if you want to hang out this weekend or any other weekend certainly a, a great place in harrisonburg to visit yeah i just i just had to chase after frank so i'm not sure if you also mentioned locations in charlottesville richmond yep. roanoke i think virginia beach as well but man frank just had me on a wild goose chase across around the apartment real quick that's pretty impressive I don't know if and, you, uh, on oh, a complete side note, I don't know if you saw there's a preview, Slow News Day with Kevin Clark at the Ringer. Yeah. Yeah, there's a former JMU student, sorry, the JMU alumnus, uh, Richie, who, Richie Bozek, worked at the Breeze with me. He does video okay. for the Ringer, but he did this hilarious preview oh. for them because Scott <laughs> Van Pelt was their guest this week and his new puppy took a dump in the background of the uh, recording. So Nice. Dog troubles. Nice. Um, you know what else is troubling? I'm not sure how I can segue that into bet online is the fastest and easiest way That's to wager on segue, all your yeah. 
on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, Combat Sports, Esports, and Bennett. We say it every week. Even, Even golf, golf, Max Homa. Max Homa had a great weekend last week. You watched that finish? It was pretty cool. No, of course not. I was watching football. You did? I didn't watch it either. I saw the highlight. Though. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I didn't even he, watch. He that needed either. a chip in, and then he needed the other guy to three putt from four feet to win on eighteen, and it, it all happened. Damn, that's yeah, pretty. You could have bet on that. Even golf, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B-L-E-A-V-50 at sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can read it right on the screen if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. That's Believe50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Heck yeah. Heck yeah it is. And you know what else is where the game starts? This will be good. Boone, North Carolina. Okay. Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus, baby. It's the game we've all had circled on our calendars since this schedule came out, right? I mean, JMU App State reviving a fantastic FCS rivalry. The regional regionality is there. It's going to be a, a fantastic game. I think App State is in a perfect spot to lose. It could be a letdown spot, right? I think it could be. I, I don't know where you want to take this now when we're previewing this game. We have a few different topics yeah. we want to hit. One of them is, is this a letdown, stop, a letdown spot for App State? Another one is your personal level of excitement uh, for this game, things like that. But I'll let you steer the ship right here and take us where you want to go. Let's go excitement level. I was a little interested, too, because obviously – Probably the biggest story of the week uh, was Chauncey Logan, the cornerback, not being listed on the two deep, which I think is some gamesmanship there from James Madison. Imagine he's going to play some snaps. Uh, but as we all know, a lot of the App State coaches and players read what I write and what I talk about. Um, so I've just spoiled that surprise for Kurt Signetti, which is tough. Did you see <laughs> Did you see that random person who, um, underneath our tweet, Jamie's going to blow out App State, your satirical article that you wrote, they Not just tagged way. Chase Bryce. That cracked me up. Like, can you imagine <laughs> Chase Bryce like sitting in some grad school class and like wasting his time reading this thing? That'd be. I, I hope that happened. <laughs> Don't think it did, <laughs> but it would be nice if it did. No. Hashtag was, think, uh, bro. Hashtag think. Hashtag think. You don't want to motivate the opponent too much. You know how it goes. But speaking, I just want to talk about that the excitement level because we mentioned it a little bit leading in. I feel like it's a good place to start. It's very cool to have a game that fans care about in September. And I'm pretty stoked about this one. Yeah, 100%. This is a game that I've been excited for since the schedule was released. I really wanted to get up to Boone, but couldn't, you know, find. I actually completely forgot to look for tickets. And then the next thing I heard, it was sold out. I didn't think it would sell out, if I'm being 100% honest. You I didn't think, think... a good fan base or. Well, no, I just didn't think they'd sell out for JMU, um, and that's no slight to JMU. I just, I just didn't think it would. But I'm 
so excited. I'm so pumped that App beat Texas A&M and played a close game against UNC. Like, there's national relevance to App State. Like, they very well could be getting votes in the next AP they, poll. They're or, getting them in this one. Okay, that's so 100%. So like, yeah, go ahead. Well, they're just they're nationally relevant, and this is a game yeah. where I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. After watching App State kind of struggle against Troy, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that JMU wins this game. I also now, and Bennett, I might need you to talk me down from the ledge now because last week I was telling you why this team couldn't go nine and two. I'm back to saying why can't this team go undefeated? Marshall lost to Bowling Green this week, like the, Georgia Southern law, like. This after two weeks ago, I did around this around the Sun Belt article on JMUSportsNews.com, and two weekends ago we thought, oh my gosh, this is a murderer's row of who's who in the Sun Belt. After this last weekend, it made me even more excited, not only for this game but for it moving forward because each game is winnable. I think that's true, and I also still feel like it's like college football, you know. So like anything can happen. Yeah, college so, football. Yeah, anything can add, happen. Yeah. To add an extra plug here to our Patreon, you can check us out. It's um, Patreon.com/slash Jamie Sports News. Want to make sure I have the URL correct there? And Thank I you. Do. But I wrote there today and was talking about how I think Jamie fans, myself included, probably have to calm down a little bit because the Sun Belt probably wasn't as good as it looked in week two probably not as bad as it looked at times in week three i also don't think the sunbelt was that bad in week three i know people were like it was a historically bad week in the non-conference like georgia state losing to charlotte pretty darn bad right that's charlotte was arguably the worst team in the nation and now georgia state is one of like the bottom five teams in the nation too but like i you you have me on the Georgia State train where I think Georgia State is a lot better than what they actually are. But then they went and lost to Charlotte. Granted, I will say Charlotte's been without their star quarterback and 15th year senior, Chris Reynolds, since he got injured in the first half of week zero against FAU. Yeah. So they've been without him um, playing with like their third string quarterback because their second string quarterback lost the job so their offense has been lethargic paired with one of the worst defenses in the nation so it's not terrible that georgia state lost that game but sorry i didn't mean to be a a charlotte apologist definitely a tough loss for them but yes i think a fair point there that maybe charlotte's offense is a little better than they were in some earlier weeks so a little improvement, but they got like smoked by William Mary. So it's, it's kind of tough to, to <laughs> I want to be particularly pleased. So that one's not a great one. Uh, Marshall was up 14, nothing on Bowling Green the first three minutes and they lost that game. So even tougher, right? Cause I think a lot of people were like, Oh, maybe they'll have a hangover. They didn't really have a letdown because they scored 14 points in, in three minutes or, you know, on their way to a blowout and they end up losing in overtime. So that one's tough because they were pretty heavily favored in that one. There was definitely some results that, that weren't great, but like ODU came within a last second field goal of beating Virginia, despite looking like garbage. I watched some of that game and I got a COVID booster on Friday, watched that game on Saturday with like the one day of side effects or whatever. That was physically painful. It was mentally <laughs> painful. It was a horrible experience to, to watch any of that. I don't know why I did. It was terrible. And then you had, um, who's the other team that gave a, a pretty good run? It was South Alabama almost beat UCLA. So like, there were a couple of results that go the other way, and it's like, oh, wow, the Sun Belt's back in the, the national conversation. So obviously not great, but a lot of those losses came by, I think all of those came within three points. So there's some some reason not to overreact, I think. I think people need to stay 
stay calm. And JMU fans, like the Dukes still haven't played anyone, which I think is important to to mention. Like they've looked good. And when they have a bye week and other teams look bad and your team doesn't do anything, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, we would wipe the floor <laughs> with those guys. It's really easy when your team doesn't play to be like, wow, we're so damn good. Because you can just make up things in your mind about how good your team is. It's also really easy to say that when you're sitting there and you're like, we're the number one scoring <laughs> offense in the nation right. with the number one scoring defense. Georgia's allowed 10 points. Iowa's allowed 13. And heck, we're right there with only allowing 14. Like, it's really easy to then sit back and be like, we're going to crush everyone. And this is a time where stats lie. And I'm I'm on record multiple times. Um, on this podcast, when I was writing for The Breeze, doing all of my things, like stats never lie. Um, the answer to the world's issues are in stats, are in numbers. This is a time stats are lying to you. This team is not that good. Dude, I am so excited for the ESPN Plus broadcast because JMU is allowing 10 rushing yards per game. You know that's a graphic coming up where it's like... Oh, you know this rushing- entire thing... Todd Santeo, there's going to be a lower third graphic at one point. First in the nation in efficiency, first in passing yards, first in touchdowns. And it's going to be like, it's going to come in like the third quarter when it's 14 21 or like 7 21 in favor of App State. And Todd Santeo has like two interceptions. I'm not saying it's going to, I think it's going to be a better game than that. But I'm just like, watch it just be like a complete blowout. And they're like, this is what Jamie's offense was. That's why I, I mostly can't wait for the changes where they're like, they came in averaging 10 and through one drive, Appalachian State has Appalachian, 20, Appalachian State. Just has, read their game notes. It's yeah, yeah, all yeah. over their game notes. Has 22 <laughs> rushing yards. And it's like, well, yeah, they played Norfolk State and Middle Tennessee and Middle Tennessee looked like they were high schoolers and Norfolk State looked like they were like grade schoolers. So it's it's going to be a much harder game. It's actually on the road, which is a huge challenge. So it's, it's going to be a lot tougher. So I feel like that's something that when JMU fans saw those results last week, they're like, oh my God, we, we might be the best of the best in the Sun Belt. It's like, well, play a Sun Belt game first, right? Maybe, maybe win a conference game before we declare ourselves the best of the best in the league. I also just realized I had something misspelled on the screen. So we're just going to take that off. Um, I was new reading. So that's good. <laughs> most of, most of the people, most of our listeners can't read. Uh, I'll let everyone take up with Bennett in our Twitter comments. Um, just hit respond or in our YouTube comments, wherever you're listening. Uh, be sure to like this in their game notes. Yeah. Yep. Where? I'm just going to call. Are apps. you looking oh for my the God, pronunciation? They do, like at the beginning, Appalachian State. Appalachian. <laughs> Imagine it. Appalachian. A lot of places. Appalachian State. Appalachian State. All right. I got it. <laughs> Please tell me that's what you would do. Um, before you would call games as color commentator for Madison, and there'd be like I would, this do, really it. Weird I would do it during the games, and Kurt would have to mute my mic. Oh, he was thrown off because I was just screaming the whole game. Um, okay, back to the main question at hand, which is the level of okay. excitement. N- rank it one through ten. It's like a seven. Okay, I'm at an eight. I think it would it would be higher if like they were eligible for the Sun Belt Championship. I think. Um, or right. Like, I think that would do it or making a bowl or whatever, or you could like weirdly convince yourself that if they win this one, they're like making a new year six bowl. I think that kind of stuff would really ramp it up. 
if I was going, and I know some JMU fans are going to the game, it would I would be like at a 12. But um, I think watching the game, knowing that if they lose, hey, it's not the end of the world, I'll put it at a 7 just because I don't want to react too much. I think it was probably still a little more amped in December for the North Dakota State game, just, again, because there was a little more stakes. Because this one I'm coming in super excited about the game, but also I'm – for me to get to a 10, there has to be like stress of what happens if they lose. And there's none of that. Like if they lose the game, I don't, I'm not going to freak out. Cause I think it's just like, Oh, they'll learn from it. They got some easy, easy ish games coming up. Um, and I won't panic. So it's, it's like when you lose to North Dakota state, and you're really sad. That to me is when you get to like a 10. That's valid. I was at a 10 for North Dakota state. I would say I'm at an eight now for the reason of this game could just set the tone for our Sunbelt experience and everything like that. It's just, and it can reignite this rivalry that we used to have with App State. Like, there's so much on the line. I don't know if it was you or I was talking with our friend Dom about, like, how we wish there was a team we, like, actually hated. Mm -hmm. Richmond was kind of that, and I think Richmond is that for slightly older alums, but Richmond was only good for, like, two years of my college experience, and after that, we just destroyed them every time we played them and that hatred kind of fell by the wayside. I would love for ODU to come into that role or app state to come into that role. And it feels like both teams have the resources, have the want, have the desire to have winning football programs and be a top destination for group of five as a group of five school. So I I'm really excited for that aspect of it. I think it would be a nine or even a 10. I think I might even have the same level of North Dakota state pipe, even though there's nothing you're playing for bragging rights means a lot, but I think having a bye week coming into this game really dampened, dampened my expectations, dampened it a little. Well, I say that as I'm at an eight of level of excitement, took it down from a 10 to an eight, because imagine if we had played some belt game number one or like Louisville last week or, a mediocre group of five team and just crushed them or one, like say it's against Louisville and we beat them and we're coming into this game three and O off of a dominant MTSU win, a Norfolk state win and a random group of five win. Like think how much fun that would be, how much excitement there would be. Yeah. The buy definitely takes a little bit out of the sales just because there wasn't a game to get excited about and build the hype. Cause the first two yeah. build, built the hype pretty significantly yeah, right the first one built the hype and then we rode the way okay that's fair that's fair. norfolk state honestly i think norfolk state ruined took the wind out of my sails more than a bye week would have yeah well that's because you're not a, a chauncey logan stand so for us who uh are big on on chauncey <laughs> sorry, sorry about that sorry that one really built it up for me that's probably the most hype i've had in the last five years of watching Jamie football. No, but I think this game's awesome. I also feel like Appalachian, Appalachian, I hate it. I hate it. I'm calling them App State. I also you literally um, can. No one judges you for calling them App State. In they don't get offended notes, by that? I feel like that no, would be In their game though. notes, it says you can refer to us as Appalachian oh, State okay. or App State. You can't refer like to them it, as like ASU or anything like that. All right, fine. App State's perfect. Thank God. All right, so anyway. It's not a hard name, man. I feel like App State, it just messes with me. I'm the one that messes up names here on this (laughs) podcast. You're taking over my role. That's true. I feel like the the App State fans this week were also, like on Twitter, were also kind of um, 
fired up and excited and willing yeah. to be like, hey, this could be a rivalry, which I didn't really ever, I don't think I've ever interacted with fans on Twitter other than like North Coast State. You know, I don't think there was ever like a Delaware, well, actually there is one Delaware fan who's like, but I think he was a parent. <laughs> That's like the only <laughs> Delaware fan we've interacted with had like a kid on the team or on the baseball team or something. So it's, it's a little different when you have people who are just fans of the team that'll kind of give you some crap. But yeah, have, uh, having a fan base that is smart, that understands it's satire, 90% of them understood it's satire. There was yeah. one really fun interaction I had where he, I thought he didn't realize it was satire, and then he responded to me. He was like, the, like, the world wants us to hate each other. Let us hate each other for this week only. And I was like, honestly, I love this type. Like, I want a rivalry like that. And if this becomes that rivalry, so be it. If ODU becomes that rivalry, I'm excited for the ODU game. Because I think that has the potential to become that rivalry. I'm so excited for that. I think it's kind of cool too, like that there could be multiple rivals, right? So like ODU, I think could be pretty heated, but also having maybe Marshall and App State being, see, I got it right, both being kind of heated rivals. I think could be uh, could be really good for the program and could be really good for fans. So that's that's exciting. I know from like growing up and there was a Wisconsin fandom throughout my family, and obviously like the Minnesota game is their end of year rival or whatever. But, like, you play Ohio State, you play Michigan, you play Michigan State, there's still a certain level of rivalry there, especially yeah. if you're a good enough team to beat them occasionally, which they haven't been against, like, Ohio State recently. But um, even if you're, like, Michigan, like, you have Michigan State and you have Ohio State. Ohio State. Like, you have multiple yeah. rivals. And I think that's something – even Minnesota, they have a rivalry that they play for, like, the Little Brown Jug. So like there's some rivalry stuff there where if you have multiple rivals, it makes your regular season so much more exciting. Yeah, 100%. So there you go. Awesome. Is this a letdown spot for App State though? We got to talk Hail Mary. We got to talk Hail Mary. There was was another part of this. There was another thing I was going to segue into, but we'll talk Hail Mary into letdown spot here for App State. I mean, you're coming off of, the biggest win, second biggest win in program history, taking down number six, Texas A&M. Very big Not sure if you guys heard about that upset, but it did happen two weeks ago. Um, then this last week, college game day came to Boone. Nowhere near as cool as Harrisonburg, but it was it was a respectable performance. Good on you, like State. We'll give you, crowd. We'll give you a clap for that. Good job for yeah. trying. Um, next time, check out how Harrisonburg does it, and then maybe you can try again in two years, like how we got it twice in three years. Um then they go into the game against Troy, Sunbelt opener, and they needed a last-second, what, 58-yard Hail Mary from Chase Bryce, who, by the way, couldn't even make it to the goal line. Couldn't be my quarterback. <laughs> kind of trash. That needed to be tipped up. Some miraculous ending happened, and they ended up winning the game. <laughs> it was so sick. Like, that, was, <laughs> that was the best. Was cool Hail Mary. That was awesome. I wasn't watching. I had like the the game cast or whatever on. It was just like looking at it. I was like, all right, maybe they can have one more play. Like based on what the time was telling me to try to like kick a long field goal because they were down two. It's like 28, 26. I was like, maybe they'll get into like long field goal range. And then my dad texted me and was like, in all caps, like app state. And I was like, oh, they must have gotten into field goal range. And I, saw I, there and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And yeah, like you're saying, where the ball doesn't even reach the end zone, it's tipped. And they did a, a segment, I think it was on SEC Network, that was worth watching and kind of funny, though. 
um, where they were talking, they kind of just talk about college football in general. It's like, in, oh, I was like, SEC Network. I think, it's, highlighted. I think it's on SEC Network and not like ESPN, but I, I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but anyway, they do a good job with it. And they had a, they went over like the defense that was played in the Hail Mary and they, they went through the film and the guy catches the tip ball. And then another receiver is not boxed out in any capacity. So he's able to almost act as a lead blocker. And they were cracking up. They're like, have you ever seen a Hail Mary? With a lead blocker. <laughs> so I think Troy certainly missed a little bit defensively, but uh, well done by App State. And what a storybook ending to a college game day visit, which, um, Jamie, did not have the first time around. Yeah, definitely not. Also worth noting, App State's, offense, App State's defense still isn't great. They allowed 28 points against Troy, which is hilarious that against Texas A&M was their best defensive performance. I think against- Texas A&M stinks offensively. That's very valid. That's that is a good point, but it's still a power five SEC program very, that has five star recruit. I read in their game notes like their average weight on the offensive line is like two eighty four, and they were able to manhandle Texas A and M's defensive line. Is it really only two eighty four? I'll check their game notes next time you go on a side tangent about something. But I didn't realize they were so small. I knew they were kind of like a lesser program than JMU. I just didn't realize App State was <laughs> so small. I love how we're just getting into just throwing darts at them. But allowed Gunner Watson, what type of name's Gunner, to throw for over 300 yards. Um, and they allowed four rushing touchdowns, two Hudson of which Taylor. came from Gunner cool. Watson. Huh? Todd Santeo is going to cook. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. And Chase Bryce did go 22 of 34, but only for 284 yards. I have not watched a full App State game. Um, <laughs> I got it. So do you ever like buy fruit and it comes with fruit flies in it? Yeah, that sucks when that happens. And I'm currently trying to get rid of them. And there's oh, those, yeah, they found, do like land in your mouth. Those are the worst. It's found its way into my office and uh, it's not a fun time. Um but I haven't watched a full game. Does Chase Bryce just dink and dunk? Because with 22 completions with only 284 yards, I feel like he should. That's pretty good. I guess it is. I guess like it 10, is. It's like 10 plus. Okay, yeah, completion. I did the quick math wrong. I I carried the one <laughs> in the wrong place. That's all right. He had a 53-yarder in that one. Yeah, so take the out Hail the 53-yarder. Which was the Hail Mary. <laughs> so before the Hail Mary, it was a little less impressive, that's for sure. But that certainly helps the stats. Their running back room is really deep, which I think is scary. And they have one guy who's Nate Noel. He's back uh, for this game. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's right? he very was like 14 scary. carries for like 100 plus yards against North Carolina. Has not played the last two games, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Their running back room is super deep. Which they have, Cam, I, I might be mispronouncing it. It could be Cameron. It could be Cameron. I'm going to go with Cameron Jones. He's been the lead back since Nate Noel has gone out. Dietrich Harrington uh, is there. He tore his ACL two years ago. Last year was his first year back, and now he's kind of like running back number three. They have Amani Marshall, who's a Wake Forest transfer. They have a running a freshman running back who they're really high on. And then, yeah, Nate Noel, who led the team with over 1,000 yards rushing last year, is a monster. 116 yards in the opener against UNC on 14 attempts. Hasn't touched the ball since. Had an ankle injury. He's listed as or in the two deep. Yeah, they're really good. So it's a little scary. So yeah, Cameron Peoples, I think it's just Cameron because they don't add any special thing there for his name. Leads the team in rushing, but Nate Noel leads the team in average per game. He has played the one. He had 14 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns, average eight yards a carry against UNC. So like, I'm a little fearful of him. I'm very fearful. And Dietrich Harrington, 
averages 5.8 yards per carry. And that's the most out of anyone who's like had more than 20 touches. They're good. They've got some receivers who do some nice. nice The receivers don't scare me as much. Really? Christian Horn's all right. Christian Horn did just come off of a five reception, 98 yard performance. One of them was the Hail Mary. Yeah. And he was the receiver of the Hail Mary. I think Christian Wells is another guy that's pretty solid, but they don't have like a guy. Sean Davis is pretty decent. He leads them in reception. They've got some. I feel maybe it's a little more balanced, so it's not quite like yeah. I think Chris Thornton might you can make a case he's like the best individual receiver in the game. Like granted, their running attack scares me so much that it then opens up their passing attack. They're one of those quote unquote run to set up the pass. Um and they're really good at running the ball. It's gonna be tough for maybe this is when your prediction preseason about this defensive line not being big enough. And James Carpenter not being fit to be a nose tackle, as we all know you said. Um, maybe that's what. Maybe this is when it comes into play. But also, their offensive line is only 284 pounds on average. I know you're messing with me, but to to go off of that point, I, I am interested to see what happens because, like in the Texas A&M game, they beat them. And you you had a stat on on our little stat sheet where you're talking. I think it was what is it points per drive or something. Maybe yeah. we'll get into that in a minute, but. They've got a good like points per drive stat. Some of that is because their drives are super slow. Like they'll take forever on a drive. So they might not have that many drives. Like the Texas AM game, where they possess the ball for over 40 minutes or whatever we talked about last week. I think, yeah, 40 minutes, maybe 38, something like that. I mean, they, they average 35 minutes time of possession a game, which has got to be top 25% in the country. That's That's huge, right? So that's an important thing to keep an eye on when you look at like the defensive line. Like I don't think you're, if you're, if the other team has the ball for 35 minutes, I don't know that you want, like, you're probably going to rotate your D-line a little bit, right? So that's where I'm interested. If they do have to rotate and maybe Carpenter has to go out for a little bit, who comes in? Are they able to match that same level against an offensive line that you were correct on the weight? They're only the average is like 285 or whatever. But they're clearly good. Yeah, like they're, they're, There's no concerns with their offense, in my opinion. Like, they've controlled the clock in A&M. They put up 40 fourth quarter points against UNC and scored 61 for the game. And then they had a fine showing against Troy where the offense was, was, you know, plenty respectable. So it's, it's an offense that's pretty darn good. I'd argue even with their terrible UNC performance, it's. Sorry, something happened on our broadcast side. So I'm trying to, trying to fix it as I'm talking. Okay. Very odd. Um, you think their defense is good? Well, I think their whole team's good. They have a 3.8 SP+, plus, which is, I believe, tops in the Sun Belt. They have an EPA of point zero, so expected points added per – that's per game. Um, 0.028, which is really solid. Projected to be – their win total was at 8.5 to start this season. And you just look at some of those numbers compared to JMU. JMU's EPA – we haven't gotten it yet because they haven't played enough FBS games. That's right. But their SP plus is minus 2.1 there. We were talking about points per drive. App State scores 3.71 points per drive. JMU just scores 2.92. Granted, JMU has the better net point per drive at 2.5, but that's because they've only allowed 14 points this season, whereas App State has a 3.15 defensive points per drive, so only a net of 0.56. And I know that was a lot of numbers just thrown out that, if you don't have it in front of you, really doesn't make much sense. But I mean, App State is a good team. 
really good. Both teams possess the clock well and have been good on third down. So, I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a matchup. JMU, I'm still kind of worried about the secondary. Um, yeah, I, so I think that's a concern for me. I think the defense will kind of hang in there, you know, against the run. They're going to give up some runs. They're going to give up some plays, but I, I do think they'll hang in there. I'm so sorry. That .028 EPA was per play 4.79 per game. There you go. E- EPA stands for expected points added. Average. I have to look up all these stats and make sure I'm going to have to look up. I always forget. I know what EPA measures. I always forget what it stands for. I think that's right. But hey, a lot of stats. Expected points added, commonly referred to as EPA as a measure of how well a team performs relative to expectation. There you go. It says overall 35th in the nation you've got in our spreadsheet. So clearly they're they're pretty good. We talked about it, kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, but they are receiving votes, so if you go outside the top 25, they would be 28th nationally, according to AP poll voters. So that's a fruit fly dies. Pour one out. So they're they're a t- like a top 30 team, according to AP poll voters, and you know some metrics have them more of a top 50 team. Obviously, the Hail Mary kind of changes the perception a little bit. If they don't hit that and they lose to Troy, kind of an interesting spot there. But I do feel like it's a little bit of a letdown spot, which we talked about, the emotional highs that they've been coming off of. I think my main concern for JMU is like whether it's a letdown spot or not, it's, you know, like what is it going to be 30 plus 40,000 or whatever they can fit in there. It's a much different environment than like a sleepy home game against Norfolk state, which I think makes it easier to make mistakes. And the team you're playing is better. Like they've got some guys on defense, even though the defense isn't perfect, that really makes some good plays like Nick Hampton and outside linebackers kind of a freak, like really athletic guy who I think he already has yeah. three sacks on the season. Three and a half tackles for loss, one sack. Oh, really? I thought it was three. But anyway, maybe it's three. It could have been three. three. I could have definitely just written that. I might have looked 100. at the same number or something. But whatever it was, he had a lot of those against UNC. So he was like, even though their defense didn't have a great game, like this guy is still disruptive. And they just, they haven't played, even though they've given up some points, they haven't played, um, you know, JMU hasn't played a defense like app states yet. And I also will go out on a limb and I don't think this is too much of a limb to go out of. This is the most hostile atmosphere. JMU has played in ever. Maybe not ever, but going back to like, <laughs> it's up there though. Right. I mean, like I'm it's... trying to think of a, a more hostile atmosphere. Like this Maybe is a sold out games, but I don't know if the fans were invested. That's true. Like the Fargo the, Dome's a good one, but I think it's. A, I'm interested to see how <laughs> invested this group is. It sounds like they're going to be pretty fired up. You know what I mean? Like it's not North Carolina though, and it's not College Game Day. So is there any let let down? Let down from the fan like, perspective. Yeah, which there's no way to actually measure that, right? It's just like a nonsensical talking point I'm throwing out there. But <laughs> but I, I it's, it's definitely one of the hardest. It, you can make a case it's the hardest environment or like the rowdiest environment they've ever ever gone to i was trying to think maybe back in the day of playing app state back in those sure. days or like something like that but I, it's got to be up there with in recent memory I'd, I'd go i'd say in the last 10 years probably the most hostile environment and that's nothing against the fargo dome but the app state mountaineers actually own their stadium so that, that's also a difference <laughs> it's just it's gonna be wild you know the fargo dome is a little inflated right because it's like they keep all the noise inside where it's like this one is more sheer volume of people yeah like they're not just 
cranking ACDC and not allowing the noise to escape. Is that what, uh, is that what app state, not app state. Is that what, um, they always does? play, don't they always play like Thunderstruck or something? They do something like that. Like I said, I have no idea. Walk in. Um, we don't care about the FCS anymore. Yeah. Next topic that I want you to hit on because you added this in the outline. Please look at the screen. What is, what is this? Yeah, I'm just, I don't want to see JMU fans overreact if they lose. You know, okay. like I've, I've seen some of that and some of that's just from like pure trolls, but there's some, are you talking about Ezra hack? Yeah, he's up there, but there's some, <laughs> some people who legitimately like at the end of last year, remember when they lost North Dakota state and they're like, yeah. I don't know if Signetti's the guy. Like if well, they there was a Twitter to, space, right. It was that was titled state. fire Signetti. If they lose to app state, everyone needs to just like calm down. It's it's they're expected to lose. They're like a seven and a half point underdog. If they're competitive in the game, that should be fine. Like Signetti should have multiple years as the head coach at the FBS level before any move would possibly happen. And if you're thinking about that, you're a lunatic. But I just I would like people to realize that he's been very good. They're going to be prepared going into the game, but it doesn't mean they'll win. It doesn't mean they're going to win nine games this year. But everyone, yeah, I just no one's going to react normally to this game either way. They lose it, and I'm sure they'll be people who are like, oh, my God, what a horrible letdown and a missed opportunity. And if they win it, people are going to be like, well, we need to petition the NCAA to get into a bowl because we're we're the best team ever, which would be a fun, fun hype thing to have. But I just hope people realize that Signetti's a good coach. They're going to be prepared regardless of the result. And it's it's easy to get lost in the one-week results when you got to look at the whole picture. Yeah, I love it. But also, break. oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were finished. <laughs> let, me, let me play devil's advocate on myself <laughs> and ask you this. What's the biggest win? What's the biggest win of the Signetti era? Oh, my God. You're, you've, you're reading too much into Ezra Hack's tweets. No, this actually, he, no, like this is a real question, not a conspiracy theory question. I mean, he doesn't have a big win. That's like, like, no, I'm I not know Ezra, should, Ezra yeah. Hack is annoying. And if he's listening or they or she, if they're listening, they bring up good points. Like they are a troll, but at the same time, Signetti's never won a big game. His biggest games, he's lost them all. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm right there with you. I think he's a great coach and he's only played like three or four quote unquote, big, important games and like away. So your sample size is really small. That's so. the part that's dumb. But they have they've got some good wins. Like they have a, a Weber State semifinal win at home. Like where they've had some good playoff runs. And they had a Weber State win on the road. In yeah, week three like of that's last a good win. With a banged up Antoine Wells. Yeah, like that's a good win. They got conference titles and stuff. Like yeah. the way they dominated Montana in the quarterfinals last year. Like I think you gotta consider those at least quality wins. But at the same time, there's not like a holy crap, look at that. Like like the Houston yeah. at North Dakota State followed by a national title kind of stuff. If anything, there's holy crap, look at that in a bad way of holy crap, look at that explosion against Sam Houston State. Holy crap, look at that fullback who just ran for 500 yards. Like, And like the, the West Virginia game was winnable. So, I mean, they've had chances in huge games that they've missed. So I'm he is a very good coach. And I also feel like it's time, like it's it's time to get one of these big opportunities. And if they don't, it's not the end of the world this week. But like you've got 
this one, Marshall, Louisville, ODU are probably yeah. the four biggest left, maybe, unless you want to count Coastal, but I don't know about that. Um, so I think those are probably the four. If you can get like two of those, that'd be huge. Three yeah. of those, it'd be crazy. You get four of them, win out, petition the NCAA, take Bama on, beat Saban. Bada bing, bada boom, who knows? Signetti, I mean, Saban's been struggling against past assistants. Signetti's <laughs> a past assistant. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, give us the opportunity. Duke's by 90. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are your expectations out of this game? We've talked to kind of about the excitement level, the lead up to it, everything around the game. Let's kind of dive into this mm-hmm. game itself. X's and O's, 60 minutes on the field. What do you think happens? Um, we'll save our prediction for later in the game, okay. but game game itself, what are you expecting, you know, when you're sitting there in the fourth quarter? Little are you terrified able to watch of, this game? I'll watch this game. Little terrified of the start. Okay. Because of the environment, because of – kind of because of the North Dakota State game, to be honest with you. Like, Because okay. they looked really good going into that game. And then the first half, they didn't look like a, a competent football team. So I'm hopeful they can go in despite facing absolutely no test this year, right? They've played Middle Tennessee, blew them out. Norfolk State blew them out. Like the the level of difference by between... By week, blew them out. By week, blew them out. The difference between like JMU's season to this point and App State's season is kind of comical. Like App State has had a season's worth of memories and like big <laughs> moments and big games. And JMU feels like they've just gone through like a preseason. Like, so that's what worries me the most in this one. I think JMU is good enough to hang around, but I worry a lot about the fact that they haven't really been even close to tested at all. App State has three one possession games. Yeah. Yeah. It's against good teams. Yeah. Troy's not great, but. I mean, yeah. And which. Which gives me hope for this game that it was a one possession game that needed a late Hail Mary for them to to win. But I mean, from an X's and O's standpoint, I really think that this game is going to be won and lost in the secondary. I know we hyped up their rushing attack mm-hmm. with Noel coming back, with Jones there, with Harrington. But I'm really I, I think our defensive line, our front seven, our front six will will kind of stymie them for the most part. Um, I think our defensive line is better than UNC's. I think, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as saying it's better than Texas A&M's, but I think for the most part, we'll be able to hold our own against their rushing attack. It's the fact that then Chase Bryce will have the opportunity to dice us up with Christian Horn and their litany of 15 receivers that are out there. And I think it's going to be a true test on the secondary. And I know I sound like a broken record with every week I've been saying this and how the secondary is the, 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 the part of the team that, that worries me the most. But these are the games that you know it's going to rear its ugly head. Chase Cunningham missed some wide open throws and didn't make them pay. Last season, Davis Cheek missed some wide open throws. Nolan Henderson was out for Delaware when they played. Joe Mancuso was that, was that was he the starter last year? Yeah, 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 was out for Richmond. Like this is their first real test in a, like over a year. Their last test came against Sam Houston State, and look what happened. North Dakota State. Their fullback ran it. It wasn't even their quarterback that hurt us. Oh, you mean just in terms of passing? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I guess that's probably fair. Yeah, they weren't really a, a pass heavy offense. And so, so like that's what really worries me. I think this offense, that's Jamie's offense, yeah. will keep up. I think they'll be able to run it. I think Chris Thornton will have himself a day. I'm not high on App State's defense. They allow 3.15 yard, uh, points per drive, which is really high. And so, I mean, essentially their defense allows at least a field goal each drive. And I think, Jamie, you'll be able to take advantage of that and keep up with App State's offense. I'm expecting another high-scoring game. It's hard with App State to analyze some of those because that UNC game is such a freak score. <laughs> it is, but then, like, so so is the Texas A&M game. It's almost like throw those two outliers out. And I the think Troy last game, game feels like more of a. I think Troy is what App State is. I think that game's. What I think App they're State better is. than that. I wonder if that was their letdown. That's what terrifies me. Is how many how many letdowns can they have? Like they're probably. But I mean, know, they're coming off of the highest of high letdown spot. Then again, the highest of high. So if if we're using that last game as an example, could be. this should be a letdown spot. It could be a letdown spot. There's absolutely the potential for it. So. I can't ever get the read on you. I don't know what you're feeling for this game. I don't know. I go back and forth a little bit, but uh, we'll get to it in a little bit for our our prediction. All right. What's next? Do we need the three-notch preview, or do we hit them with a uh, Sunbelt pick them? Let's go into our three-notch preview. Put a little music behind it. Make it sound okay. all nice and fun. Um, this week... Dukes travel to Boone. Who are they taking on, Bennett? App State. Who's App State's head coach? State. There you go, Appalachian Sean State. Sean Clark, former Sean, player in the program. Former player in the program, coming off a 10-4 and four season. Sean Clark, eighth best win percentage in all of the FBS with a 73% win percentage. This App State team has an extremely deep running back room, very similar to that of JMU. Cameron Peoples, Nate Noel, Wake Forest transfer, Dietrich Harrington, and a lot more. They have a very efficient offense. They score 3.71 points per drive, but their defense, kind of inflated off of that UNC game, is a bit of an issue. We're allowing 3.15 points per drive, a net of just 0.56. A lot worse than JMU's. JMU allows just 0.42 points per drive. This is a team that is... Top 35 in the nation in EPA, so expected points added, so they're efficient. And this is a team that was projected to win about eight and a half games this season, and they're damn near on pace as they lost to UNC to start the season, beat Texas A&M, and beat Troy last week. Battle-tested. They've got Chase Bryce at quarterback, dude. This guy has played in the ACC before now, six-year senior. When's the last time Jamie played a quarterback of this caliber? It's years. It's been years, right? Maybe when they played an FBS game. I don't know. But it's been a while. It's going to be the biggest test they've had in a very long time, which is great news for a JMU fan because this game actually means something. And uh, what time's kickoff? Where can JMU fans tune in to listen? 3.30 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. I know some fans were upset it wasn't on ESPN, but ESPN Plus marquee game. Yes, sir. That's our three-notch preview. Dukes. Mountaineers, it's going to be a good one. All right. You know what time it is now? I didn't go back and look at the Sunbelt Pick'em stats. 
but I don't think it was pretty. This is my jam. I got some bold picks this week. I forgot where I wrote down our picks. Um, do you want to go through our picks from last week real quick? Yeah, let's let's recap that slate of games. Okay, so we both had Alabama over UL Monroe. Are you writing them down? I didn't write them down, <laughs> but I tracked the first two weeks in terms of like going back. And, I uh, swore I wrote them down somewhere. Well, I can always go back and listen. But anyway, okay. Alabama beat Louisiana Monroe. We know that that one happened, right? We're not going to pretend that we picked Louisiana Monroe. So we got that right. Baylor whooped Texas State, which I was still cracking up at some Texas State fan on Twitter a few weeks back that was like, Nation's going to take notice when we take down Baylor. <laughs> what? <laughs> they lose by, 30, lose by 35. Yeah, so that wasn't it. great. Coastal kind of struggling a little bit, but they were able to pull it out against Buffalo. They were down in the fourth quarter, but they end up winning by 12. So they don't cover, but they do win, right? This is money line only, so we make ourselves look smart with our overall record. We had South Alabama. I picked South Alabama to beat UCLA, and they lost by a point. I so picked UCLA. You did pick UCLA. But you, you also picked ODU, and I picked Virginia. Virginia won on a last-second last field goal there. Field goal. So that one evens out because UCLA had the last-second field goal, blah, blah, blah. We both had App State, I believe. We did. Um, so we got, got that on Hail Mary. Georgia okay. Southern UAB. I think I went Georgia Southern. I went UAB there because I'm a genius. So, <laughs> And they were 11.5-point <laughs> favorites. So <laughs> great bet. I know. That, that might have been the one I switched. You, you might have switched that one. I after you said they are 11.5-point favorites, and I went, oh. Yeah, we'll have to double-check that. Bowling Green, Marshall, neither of us got that one correct. No. That was tough. Charlotte, Georgia State, neither one of us got that That's correct. That's tough also. And that, Arkansas State, either? Memphis? No, there's no chance I picked Arkansas State in that game. <laughs> yeah, did no, I? Neither did I. No. I mean, Memphis won, so. Memphis did win. I think I picked Louisiana and Rice beat them, though. I did, too. Rice um, Rice had a really good second half to win by 12. Louisiana went into the halftime break up 14-13, to 13, ended up kind of allowing Rice to run all over him and lost at 33-21. Yeah, Rice had a pretty good offensive day. And uh, Southern Miss beat Northwestern State 64-10. to A lot of people are saying that was kind of the performance that put Southern Miss on the Sun Belt map and that they're sort of at this point a walk-away favorite to win the West. Only you. Only you. <laughs> what a performance by that team, man. They're ready to go. All right. So this really week, here's the breakdown. Starting things off. We have Coastal. We have Georgia State. Who do you got? This is a Thursday game. It is. So Thursday, September 22nd. On ESPN2, so that's exciting. Give me Georgia State. They win their first game of the year. They're 0-3. Coastal's 3-0. and They're going to upset Coastal Carolina. It's one of my favorite bets of the entire week. So Coastal's only a 2.5 point favorite. The over-under is set at 62. Weather at time of kickoff is 84 degrees. I'm going to go Coastal Carolina here. Um, I'm going to buy into what the national media is saying, saying Georgia State is not a good football team. I've been trying to think that they were, and you know what they've done every week? They've broken my heart, losing to South Carolina, losing to UNC, and now losing to Charlotte. JMU, oh, save that one, sorry. I was just going down the line. My fault, my fault. Ball State, Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, a 10-point favorite. At home, I think Georgia Southern bounces back here. 
So I will say that Georgia Southern, after the Nebraska win and the UAB loss, I think they beat Ball State, pick up a huge win for the Sun Belt over the MAC. I'm going Georgia Southern as well. Um, I've I've bought into them. Their offense isn't an issue. Normally when you go from triple option to whatever they're running now with Clay Helton, normally the offense sputters a little bit. It seems like the offense isn't terrible. So give me Georgia Southern. Okay. Arkansas State at ODU, the battle of one and two teams. ODU a six-point favorite at home. I'm going to take Arkansas State. I think Wow. I've- it's mostly like a, just an anger of having to watch ODU <laughs> or not having to, but having watched them, having made the decision. I have free will. Having made the <laughs> Yeah, decision. you do. And you free willingly chose to watch ODU. Their also, can you tell me? Sucks. Can you tell me what's happening with Brennan? Yeah, Brennan Armstrong and UVA, their offense is not where it needs to be. A little I thought concerned he was a about Heisman that favorite. Yeah, UVA fans were <laughs> coming into the year said he was a Heisman candidate. Mm mm. <laughs> no he is not their offense looks terrible they play they're a 10 point dog against Syracuse that's embarrassing Syracuse is good though but it's Syracuse but Syracuse okay whatever Syracuse. Southern anyway, Miss oh did you pick this one yeah I just I, I I didn't but I wrote it down ODU okay yeah Southern Miss at you keep me in check <laughs> I've, I've already pulled that once this season Southern Miss at Tulane Tulane's 3-0 and a 13 point favorite Tulane just beat Kansas State. That was a really good win for them. They were like 16-point dog. Maybe got a little lower, but they were double-digit underdogs. Southern Miss, though. I swear. if They feel like a team of destiny. Am I wrong in saying that they feel like a team of destiny? Yeah, you are. A one-and-two team, team of destiny. They're definitely covering 13-point dogs. That's some of the easiest money you'll ever make. I think they went outright. You're lying. I think Southern Miss beats Tulane. There's no way you believe that. I do. (laughs) Probably going to bet it. All right, I'm going Tulane because I'm not stupid. Okay. Um. All right, next one up. Houston Baptist at Texas State. Don't watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say Texas State just because I don't think Houston Baptist is good. But Texas State stinks. What league is Houston Baptist in? Something in the FCS, right? Okay, they're FCS school. Um, NFL Network is airing Marshall at Troy. Marshall's a three-point favorite. Is this a bounce-back spot for the Thundering Herd, who more looked like a slight drizzle on Saturday against Bowling Green? Yeah, I think so. I think they win this one. I think it's a good spot for them to bounce back, although they are they are maybe a little cursed because the last one was on NFL Network. They lost to Bowling Green, so I don't know if NFL Network's a great spot for them, but I think they will beat Troy I think Troy that's a tough way to lose last week I think that's going to be tough to get over sound the alarms folks this is my upset of the week give me Troy over Marshall uh Troy plus three don't even take that give me the money line Troy at home takes down Marshall Marshall who was riding high after beating Notre Dame they were two and oh they were looking like Sunbelt East favorites they're gonna be two and two after this one louisiana tech against south alabama yeah speaking of upsets i do want to make a point i'm glad that you picked troy there which is an actual underdog I saw some people on twitter last week like a good amount of people that were like my upset of the week 
is unranked Washington to beat number 11 Michigan yeah. State. They're like a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, what do you mean an upset? <laughs> I also love – I was going to be that guy on Twitter, but I, I wasn't when I saw Washington fans storming the field. And I was going to be like, well, actually, <laughs> they were favored. So not sure why you're storming. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Uh, but I'll take South Alabama here. <laughs> if, um, if there's a team other than Southern Miss that wins the West – it's probably South Alabama, but I'm I mean, not sure it that. probably is going to be South Alabama considering. I just don't think they have the firepower to get by a team like Southern Miss that's able to use a running back as a quarterback whenever they please. You're right. They don't have Frank Gore Jr., who has 46 carries for 270 yards and three touchdowns this season. Um, Louisiana at UL Monroe. UL Monroe, a nine point. No, UL. So, universe. UL is Louisiana. <laughs> Nine-point favorite. I saw that earlier this week and got so mad that ESPN listed UL as the favorite for that game. I was like, ah. They're both UL. What are you doing? Uh, I'll say Louisiana, even though I think this game – I don't think Louisiana is that great this year, uh, but I don't think UL Monroe is that great either. So I'll say Louisiana wins that football. UL Monroe has a quarterback named C. Rogers. He has 457 yards this season, averaging 10 yards per completion. Two touchdowns. Um, I'm going to go Louisiana, though. Uh, They're the better (laughs) team in this spot. Just for those interested, his real name is Chandler. (laughs) See, his name is C. Rogers. (laughs) All right. All right. That's a sunbelt. Oh, no. Do we want to pick the JMU? All right, it's time. <laughs> JMU, App State, who you got? I was going to go App State, and I think I'm changing my mind. So I think I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the James Madison Dukes. They're going to win this game 31-28. to They're going to go on the road and win. Uh, it's a letdown spot for App State, and I think JMU's playing really well. I don't think it's a joke. I think when Kurt Signetti talked at Media Days about how we're not going to be down two scores a lot, we'll probably be up two or three scores a good bit. He wasn't kidding. So I think they jump out to a 31 nothing lead and allow Appalachian Appalachian State, ha <laughs> Appalachian State You're to, so uh, I think <laughs> I think they allow them to score 28 late, making it fun. No, I think it'll be a, a competitive game, and I'll say Jamie wins 31-28, which is a slightly biased bet. So a couple of hilarious things right now. I'm on drf.com slash sports to get some exclusive data for this to break it down. 69% of the public is on JMU right now. Yeah, I've seen similar numbers on the, on the All Action Network. Um, over under, 99%. So not a lot of data points right now. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> but a lot of people are on the under. Um, the under the over under is set at 60 which seems high. Really? I'm seeing 58 at, at the little ESPN thing, but it probably depends on the book. Depends on the book. Um, so App State opened as seven and a half point favorites. That got as high as eight and a half. It's now come all the way down to seven. I think because Chase Kitty was saying he got it at 10 last week. So I think the Troy performance moved the line a little bit here where we're looking at more of a touchdown. There's some JMU love right now. There is. According to F- uh, DRF data though App State should be more like a 12 point favorite um, with all that being said I'm here's a question do I play strategy or do I play with the heart 
But you pick the winner. I got to go App State. Okay, fair enough. What was your score what? prediction? I said 31-28, JMU. Okay. I'm going to go App State wins 45-42. That would be, that's your week one prediction, but the other way. <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's probably going to be a 44-7 to <laughs> App State win. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think whoever has the ball last in this game, you know that cliche that everyone says. That's my favorite thing. Where it's, like, <laughs> it's one of those whoever had the ball last kind of things, and a lot of the time it's like not. It's like the last team just didn't have enough time, you know. Yeah, but I do I do truly think it'll be kind of a back and forth game, where maybe not actually the last team who has the ball wins, but it's going to come down to the end of the game and someone's going to have to put together a game winning drive. I have yet to see Kurt Signetti put together a game winning drive. I have seen goal line interceptions from JMU on potential game winning drives, but that's besides the point. I don't so I don't love Signetti's chance to put together a game winning drive at his age. You know, I think back in the day he's a guy who could lead one. All I just right. don't know with, with how old he is now. All right. Well <laughs> anything else we have to hit while you're laughing at yourself? No, I don't think so. It's gonna be a well field hockey got to number twenty one in the country, so shout out to them. Uh, women's soccer is off to a good start. Men's soccer was playing tonight. They're not off to a great start this year. So, Before we get up on out of here, does it mean anything that Jamie's coming in off of a bye? Perfect time for a bye. That's what everybody always says, right? Okay. Oh, the bye came at a perfect time. Bye came at a perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for Bennett Conlon, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. App State. 3.30 p.m. Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. Tune in. If you know where I can watch this at like a JMU alumni bar in Charlotte, please let me know. I'm looking. Um, would be great information. Have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube